This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How you feeling with a game one win in the bank? Uh, yeah, the win was good. Um, a little tired, but... Uh... Yeah, I'll take the tiredness for a win any day of the week. How hard was it at that last possession to make sure you were mentally tough to be be able to stay down, get inside the defender, I mean the offensive player obviously, but don't go for any fakes or any of that stuff and stay on the floor with your feet so there wasn't an opportunity to have a foul? <laughs> um, probably easier than it might look or seem. I think when you're when you're in those like last minute, last second, last possession, whatever it is, situations, it, for some reason it seems easier not to jump than any other time of the game. Any other time you bounce around and try and block shots, which is stupid because you <laughs> rarely block shots, especially me. Um, but no, I think uh, for all of us, obviously, I think Donovan missed the shot and they didn't call a timeout. Um, so try and get back and set your defense as much as you can and um, Royce and I were on, on PG and Kawhi so it kind of worked for us to be able to switch and um, I mean going into that before the timeout before we obviously mentioned that if they do run just a, obviously twos don't hurt us and, and a three does so anything but a three and um, on the flip side obviously they're trying to do everything they can to get the three up um, so we just you try and kind of run them off the line and like you said try and be as as disciplined as you can just to stay down and, and literally like you're kind of like letting them drive. Um, obviously they still try to get a three up, but Rudy was obviously able to block it at the end. So I'm curious as all of that is unfolding. Uh, one thing Ty Lu said after the game, he said there were multiple reasons he didn't call a timeout, but one thing he went to is he didn't want there to be a chance for the, for Quinn to decide to foul or when to foul. And I'm sure you always talk about detailed-oriented Quinn and the coaching staff are. So is there some kind of team rule as far as the clock has to get down to X before you foul? I'm kind of thinking that the ball went to Kawhi and you were there in about the range where maybe you would have fouled. What what did they told you about that? What were you thinking? Or was that completely off the table? No, we, we've talked about it and we do have um, specific times. I, I think in those situations... Um, if they if they had called a timeout, we might we, we probably would have looked at fouling. Um, again, we can like walk through and talk as much as we want at practice, but in the heat of the moment, if mm-hmm. if coach decides to foul or not, that's obviously up to him um, and then the coaches. So 
in the, the like obviously they didn't call a timeout. It's a lot harder for for coach to be yelling at us to like foul, foul, foul or whatever. Um, obviously, the last thing you want is to foul as they're going up for a shot or even putting yourself in a position where they can debate whether that is three shots or not. So um, I think if we were going to do it, it would have been like Rondo as he's bringing the ball up. Like you've got to look at who the kind of quote-unquote worst shooter on the the court at that point with Morris, Kawhi, PG. I think Kennard was on the court and then Rondo, you, you, you probably would go Rondo at the time. But again, the heat of the moment, they didn't call a timeout. You've... It's, it's it's very hard. Obviously, like Ty Luso, that's why they didn't call a timeout. You don't want to be able to sub guys in and out, be able to potentially foul. Like it's a, if if you know, which I'm sure on on the flip side they go through certain things on the offensive end if they rebound and are down two or three and, and what they want to do. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, their two best players kind of had the ball until until Kawhi passed them to Morris, so they had probably almost their three best shooters with the ball in that last possession. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a situation that you you talk about. You never know when, when it's going to happen or if you're going to get a chance to execute, but obviously we were able to, to get a stop and, um, and, and take the win. So in the first half there, it was sort of incredible from the negative standpoint. You're missing 20 shots in a row, whatever it was. How hard is it to make sure you stay unfazed by it and keep playing? Yeah, um, I mean, it's what we've, it's how we've played all year. Uh, I think there might have been a couple shots in there that were not even forced, but just, just guys trying to be uh, aggressive and, and try and get a bucket because we, we obviously couldn't get one. Um, but we've, we've been, I don't know if we've missed 20 in a row before. We've been in situations where we haven't been scoring. Um, maybe we score every fifth or sixth possession or something like that. So, um, yeah, to, to just stick, uh, I mean, you guys know, like to, to stick with the defense, to, to keep making them either make or, or take tough shots. Um, I mean, I think I looked up in the timeout at one point, we were like four for 20 from three or something like that. So uh, I think as as a team, we feel like if we get enough up and enough good shots up, we, we're eventually going to make some. Uh, there might be a night that we don't, but... Um, we, we, I mean, those twenty shots that you, you could probably go back. There's, like I said, there might have been one or two that were, um, I wouldn't even say like questionable or bad, but just like one or two more, more aggressive kind of shots. But apart from that, I think we got a lot of good looks. So um, we'll, we'll take them, and then obviously to to hang our hat on the defensive end, and um, I guess just not let it like twenty straight possessions could easily be a fifteen twenty o run um, for for them. So for us to I think the worst it got the lead was to like 13 or 14 uh, yeah. at some point. Um, so for us to just kind of be be still in the game um, and miss that type of shots, we felt pretty good that if we, we could get those same shots, we would be able to make some, and, and obviously we did in the, the second half. So you're running, uh, I think you're running a break late in the game. It might have been off a turnover at midcourt, I'm not sure. And you got Royce on your right, and I'm pretty sure you're going to go and lay it up and the way the defense is going, I'm thinking, even if you miss, because it's going to be a little contested, and even if you miss it, I think Royce is just going to grab it and dunk it because he's going to be the next guy. And instead you throw it to Royce, and I swear for a second, I thought Royce was thinking, what are you doing? It's coming in hot. And he caught it, and then he scored, so it didn't matter ultimately. 
But Joe, you are so selfless. How how come you just didn't take that up? I actually wanted to shoot that. I I I, I think we got a steal. I think don't yeah and I double teamed right. him or something. Mm-hmm. Stuff, whatever happened, and um, I I try to kind of as we I I knew there was I think there was three like Canard and then two other guys right behind us. I didn't even really know Royce was there until very late, but. I tried to get some contact to, to finish just because I knew that there was three guys there. So there's a a chance if it's like Kawhi or one of their big guys, I could get blocked or, or obviously they could affect the, the shot. So I tried to get some contact and he moved out the way and I kind of lost my footing a little bit. So um, I probably still could have shot it. I'd, probably a high chance I would have missed it because I did lose my, my foot under me a little bit. Um, and then as I kind of went up, I saw Royce there. So I thought... I won't say the word I'm using. Something that <laughs> I'll uh, I'll give it to him. And I mean, I I would I would trust Royce in that situation to catch and finish any day of the week. So I wasn't worried from that point of view. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those those funny situations, I guess. That you you don't intend to kind of play it out the way it plays out, but it does. And and like I said, I was I was glad it was. I mean, I would have been glad it was anyone, but I was glad it was Royce. So this is the first time in two years that you guys have played before a sold-out home crowd, obviously, in the playoffs. How sweet was it? It was really cool. Um, I said to Renee this morning, just before I dropped uh, Miller at school, then, um, like, it was it was kind of weird to be in that situation. Like, a, there was so many people there. Like, I've... We've obviously been playing with kind of as, as whatever capacity has been every kind of week or month going up a little bit and whatever, but um, that was like capacity, capacity. <laughs> that was there everywhere. There was people everywhere. Um, it really just felt like um, pre-COVID what our playoff series were like. So, um, yeah, it was unreal to have people there, be able to have some friends and, and stuff in the crowd and... Um, at the end of the day, I was, yeah, just to be able to play in front of whatever the capacity is with a, a few less seats at the moment, um, 17,000, 18,000 people was, was, was really fun. So how much do they pick you up when, uh, when Donovan goes on a run and fires them up? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think we, we got that lead a little bit. Um, we, we've made some shots, whatever, and then for it to like an, an empty arena or a half-field arena, it just doesn't feel the same. And um, you hear the crowd into it. It's almost like you don't want to, every shot you shoot, you don't want to disappoint the crowd. So you're trying to, you're trying to make every shot possible. Obviously, um, the second half, we, we made a lot more shots than we did in the first half. But it kind of, that start of the third, Donovan made a couple threes, and, and I think it was right out the gate of, of the third. It kind of got the crowd into it a little bit more. And, um, once they were up, they were up for for majority of the game, and um, not that I would say it was like game over at that point, but we were pretty confident we got the lead back, and I think it was a tight game, give or take a couple points, and the crowd are into it, and, and we were kind of starting to flow. Um, and, and I guess if we were playing the way we wanted to play, but we were making more shots in that third, so it was uh, yeah, it makes a it makes a big difference. Also, too, this is your first time in the second round in a few years. 
I think you've been to the second round twice. The first time he got swept by the Warriors. The second time, I think it was a 4-1 to the yeah. Rockets. How much different is the feel in terms of team confidence now in the second round as opposed to those times when you were in the second round? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would never say that we thought we were going to lose those other games, but we were playing against um, some pretty high-level teams. I think one year, Ricky ended up getting injured in the first or second game. It was, yeah, um, yeah it was just a, it was a, it was a different feeling. Um, I think we we all felt we could win a series, but we had to play at an extremely high level for for four games to to win four games where. I mean, I showed last night a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say that we we played bad, but to miss twenty field goals in a row is um, is tough to overcome. So for us to overcome that and still be able to come out with a win, I don't know if we would have been able to do that in previous years. Um, don't quote me on it because maybe we could have. But um, yeah, just a, a confident feeling. What, what what we felt all year, to be honest, so we, we felt confident going into every game, and obviously this is the same same kind of situation. So playoffs are different, not just because of the size of the crowd, the, the people who are there, the people who are sitting courtside. TNT caught cameras, caught Donovan and uh, Dwayne Wade having a long conversation. And there's still photos of uh, your owner, Ryan Smith, walking and talking with NBA superfan James Goldstein. He's been going to playoff games since before you were even born. I'm, I'm wondering what slice of celebrity are you getting in all of this? The, the crowd's juiced up here with celebs, Joe. What's your angle? What are you thinking? I got uh, this superstar netballer in the crowd. She's a babe. <laughs> Is that Renai? <laughs> Are you speaking of um, Renai? <laughs> Joe's got an off day tonight. Today we know what's on his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Is that allowed at uh, fifty-three and whatever? Well, I just days. meant a nice dinner. Maybe go out to a movie. Come on, Joe. <laughs> I can give you a hot tip. I'm not going to a movie. I'm not going to be around anyone as much as I uh, feel safe. I'm still not going. Around anyone, but um, no, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to have people want to come to jazz games. I, I don't know what it was like back in the kind of Stockton Malone days if people were kind of coming, but we've people want to be there, people want to see us play. I think it's an exciting brand that we play, so it's it's fun to have those guys there. And obviously, I, I couldn't care less who's there or not, but Renee was more excited about uh. Gabriella Union being there for, with Dwayne Wade than anyone else. <laughs> Celebrity, um, huh? <laughs> she said, I can't believe she was there last night. I was like, yeah. I, I can just like, see I her walking up. Yeah, great, Dwayne. Move aside. I got to talk to Gabriella. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, so, yeah. We see Dwayne Wade there on the front row and talking and all that. Is there any other interaction that you guys are having with him, whether it's in the locker room, underneath the stands, wherever it might be? Yeah, I mean he's in the back all the all the time. Um, he's in the locker room pre-game, post-game. Um, he's been very accessible with with reaching out to guys. Um, yeah. I'm just going to order my coffee. Hang on a sec, Mr. Radio Show. <laughs> there it is. You <laughs> mentioned the Java PK. Here it is. You knew. Um, you knew it was a given. Um, yeah, he's been he's been. I wouldn't say like surprisingly good because I didn't know him previously. This, but. Accessibility and and questions and um, reaching out to him to to ask things the the confidence that he gives us he's been in some meetings before with us with with our group and stuff like that so um, just have a guy of of that obviously stature and what he's done in his career um, individually and and with his teams 
um, it is obviously just a bonus for us to, to have a guy like that to be able to reach out to and, and speak to and and have around the team um, fairly regularly because he's <laughs> almost like he's uh, he's moved here nearly since uh, since taking over part of the team. He's been around a lot and, and obviously I think he's based in LA now, so obviously yeah. a, a lot closer than than Miami or anything like that. So um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool, and I, I think as we as we keep going on here, he's, he's going to keep helping guys and. Um, yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to have him part of the, the the team. All right, Joe. Well, we know as much as you want to keep talking to us. You really want to drink that coffee, so I just got it handed to me too. They know my order now, so I'm I'm a local. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Joe, and we will cool. uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Joe Ingles. His weekly visit here on 97.5 at 1280. I thought, it, I, thought the, I heard the lady say, hi, Joe. Yeah, uh, right. How sweet is that, Dwayne Wade? I did not know all that. That he's accessible he's and there. in the back. And, yeah. This guy's not just signing he, on for some piece of an ownership and then I'll see you later. This is, this is awesome. What it's a great time to be alive in Salt Lake City, Utah, man. <laughs> You got a you got a veteran voice, a guy who's been to the mountaintop. He's so Dwayne he, Wade. When he tells you you're good and he tells you to play with confidence, you believe it. He's one of the most respected guys ever to play in the NBA. Yeah. Sweet. All right. When we come back, Yawk promises us high level open mics. The comedy will flow. That's next. DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 the zone.